Welcome to another episode of MLS Gone Wild. Appreciate it for you guys joining us today. I'd like to throw it off to our host, Glenn Meshleman. Take it away. Yeah, what's up, guys? Welcome to episode seven of MLS Gone Wild. This week we have a special guest for you. Before we introduce our special guest, there's been a couple big announcements today that has come within uh, American soccer in general. So the MLS announces today that they will not begin play in May. It looks like they're going to push it back to about June or July. I expect the same announcement to come from the USL. Hayden, I'm not sure if that's happened yet. The other big announcement that's come out today is the U.S. Soccer Federation's Developmental Academy system has dismantled. And the MLS is taking over, and they're basically creating an elite league for young players. So those are two big things that have happened today. We're going to get into the DA system dismantling later in our conversation with Hayden. Yeah, what's going on, guys? Thanks for joining us. Uh, We're really looking forward to this episode with Hayden. Um, It's going to have some good stuff, so we're looking forward to it. Yeah, anyway, so let's all welcome our guest. Uh, He's a midfielder for San Antonio FC. Uh, Hayden Partain. Hayden, you want to take it away, man? Tell us a little bit about your career and you know your personal life. Yeah, first and foremost, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm a I'm a Texas boy, born and raised in Frisco, Texas. Played soccer, growing up my whole life. Uh, was pretty much destined for it. Both my parents played college soccer, and my dad played professionally, and he played for the Dallas Psychics. You know, the indoor league before all of this MLS stuff started. Um, back back in the day Uh, but I played for Solar Chelsea growing up the academy team there and then I went on to Wake Forest and then I played at Sac Republic for about three seasons and then now I'm I'm at San Antonio for my fourth season as a as a professional Um, so really happy to be here and excited for you know what's to come especially once we get done with this coronavirus stuff absolutely yeah we can't wait to watch you play and again, we thank you. Uh, one question about your dad. He played, I was doing, you know, we had to do plenty of research before interviewing you. He played at UCLA, correct? Yeah, he played for Ziggy Smith at UCLA. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, that's yeah. sweet, yeah. Very he played, cool. Yeah, he crossed paths with Kobe Jones, and he actually took Brad Friedel on his recruiting visit. It's funny stuff. Oh, some fun facts. That's pretty cool. That's something that uh, my research did not tell me. That's awesome. Cool. So, Poopus, you want to lead us off with our first question? Hey, all right, Hayden. I got I got a few questions for you. So, what is the best moment in your soccer career so far? The best moment, um, I'd probably say, just signing professionally and making my debut. Yeah. I think so far, um, there's been a lot of great moments, but there was there was kind of like a light at the end of the tunnel for me. I went through a, a rough a rough go to get to that point um, in playing my first professional game, and that that weight off my shoulders I felt like I was you know finally free and able to just work on my craft and enjoy it and take it all in so I'd say that's my biggest moment I mean I, I guarantee you just being on that field like professionally just had to like have a good feeling too with you yeah for sure I, I I'll never forget it it was at Papa Murphy's Park in Sacramento and we were playing against Vancouver Whitecaps too and I subbed on I think like the 60th minute so I got a good run in yeah um, and I think my first touch was like a through ball for us to get in on goal, and it created something. So it was it was, it was awesome. Hey, it sounds sounds like a good time too. So, I mean, if you just keep working, so it's like I mean, who knows? You might be able to get up there too later on in life. Yeah, no, there's there's always opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. 
Hayden, just building off of your response, can you elaborate on the rough road that led to your debut with Sacramento yeah. Republic? Yeah, it's a it's a pretty wild story to be honest. Um, I went to Wake Forest, uh, played college soccer there for four years. My senior year, we went to the national championship. We ended up losing in PKs, and I missed one of the PKs. Um, I I was in the draft. I didn't get drafted. Uh, I bounced around with a bunch of teams, about I think eight different USL teams. Didn't get signed. I ended up uh, moving back home with my parents and working three jobs basically, and and uh, still training on top of that, hoping for an opportunity, maybe some loose end phone call or some injury happening just to be ready no matter what. So I got a call from a guy named John Pascarella, who's actually the OKC energy head coach right now. And he was the coach at the time of the Des Moines Menace. And so he basically hooked it up for me to have housing, help me get a job. And I played PDL there and I was killing it. I, was, I scored a handful of goals, had some assists. And Sac Republic had an injury, and somehow we got in contact with them. I bought a one-way ticket with the rest of my money, flew out there, went on trial for about a week and a, a week and a half to two weeks, and stayed there for three seasons. Um, so it was a pretty crazy story. There was times that I was sleeping in my car. I was skipping meals, not eating, just because I was trying to keep the dream alive. I wanted it that bad. Uh, but that's why my debut was such a big moment for me. That's amazing. That's a truly inspirational story, man. That's, that's, that's big time. I'm, I'm glad to hear that everything's worked out for you. And I hope things keep working out for you. Yeah. Thank you. What hobbies have you like taken up during this quarantine? Have you like come up with anything new, like any new hobbies or what have you been doing? Yeah. So I actually played the guitar. So I've been uh, picking up the guitar a little bit more um, than I would be, would be able to, you know, during the normal schedule. Yeah. And I'm also, I'm, I'm trying to start a business, actually. I'm trying to start a business called FTO, Football Thought Out. And basically what it is, is it's a, it's a program or it's a company that has three different services. And one is like private trainings. You know, I want to do functional technical trainings to give kids tra- uh, practice to where they can see um, actual real life game situations so that they can make good decisions once they get in the game. Um, so try to do stuff like that. Um, have Zoom meetings where you basically make a make a video to where that you can do tactical analysis and you can quiz them and help them look at the game differently and think about things differently. So then when they go on the field, um, their intuition is a little bit uh, influenced by that and they can be maybe more sophisticated in their decision making and then um, camps and clinics. Um, so that's what I'm kind of trying to do. But as, as a player, I obviously don't have a lot of time. So I'm, I've, I found one coach that I'm probably going to hire and I'm just c- trying to work on that and messing around with TikTok and social media stuff to try to, you know, blow that, that company up. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the way to do it though. Like get your name out there any way possible though. So, I mean, that's a, that's a good start for you already. So, yeah. Yeah. And Hayden, I actually, uh, I think that you shared uh, something from that page today and I sent it to both Poopus and Dakota. <laughs> um, it was your Frank Lampard finishing drill. I believe. Yeah. Is, is that what it was? Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, so I sent that to them. I think it's really cool that you're doing that. Dakota's actually a coach in, uh, for, for a D3 team, so I know that he can relate to some of your aspirations of spreading knowledge of the game. Yeah, just giving back and, and all the experiences that I've had. I feel like if I could you know, explain and, and demonstrate that to other kids so that they can maybe have an easier path or a better path or just be more um, 
uh, ready, you know, because there's not a lot of things that I experienced that I never thought would happen, you know. Um, so it's been good. Very cool. Well, we will uh, we'll support that business any way possible. We'll help you get that name out there, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, Hayden, we you kind of talked on uh, in your kind of background introduction, you talked on how you played for Solar down in Texas and stuff like that within the DA. Um, the next question is kind of dealing with the DA, um, with the dismantling taking place today, and then the MLS coming up with their league very similar to the DA, but not. Um, how do you think youth soccer will be affected with this whole ordeal, this whole um, merge or not merge, but dismantling of the DA in a pickup league, uh, league picked up by the MLS? Yeah, I mean, there's there's two ways to look at it, really. I think, I think it's a good thing that it happened, um, simply because all of the leagues. When I played academy, there was it was just academy league. There was no ECNL and all these other leagues that they people started making. And and so when you played academy, like it was the best of the best, and you're playing kids across the country, and and you either went to a good college or you went homegrown. Um, but but nowadays, like me, I was coaching kids in California when I was in Sacramento and they the way they did all these leagues, it just diluted the talent. And so there was a lot of kids that were getting opportunity, which is good. But also there needs to be a step like a stepping stone where all right, the best of the best are going to play with the best of the best. And it's going to make our the our best better. Right. Yeah. If they're playing kids and like I, I had a team that I helped out and they were blowing teams out like six nil, eight nil. I was like, that's not doing any good for anyone, not for the team that's better than them and not the, not the team that's just getting totally battered. So I think, I think in all honesty, it's a good thing. Um, I'm interested to see like the full details of how it gets implemented. But I mean, I think it's a good thing. It's, it's more following of things that go on in Europe, right? Uh, you know, all the, all the first teams have U23 teams and, and down all the way through academies. And if those teams are playing each other, I feel like um, the kids that are at the best level are going to be um, able to get better and be within, you know, a small reach of being professional faster and easier. Um, but the but the one takeaway from that is is opportunity. You know, that's going to minimize the opportunity of kids that maybe aren't quite there or just get overlooked. So I'm interested to see if it's going to make American pros uh, better or or make it less less American pros. But I don't know. I think the quality would be better, to be honest. Yeah, but I we'll can... see. Like you were saying, the quality, I can definitely see a bigger gap being made in between the DA and the ECNL. I mean, the ECNL puts out tons of college players as it is right now, but I definitely can see a bigger gap being made between the two leagues after this kind of takeover by the MLS here. Right. Yeah, and with the with the new MLS league that they're setting up, it looks like they're going to be um, including the academy team's underneath the MLS team. So each MLS team, you know, that has an academy team, they'll be in the league. Mm-hmm. Also the academy teams that aren't associated with the MLS team. So Hayden, like uh, solar Chelsea that you played for, they will also, if they choose to be, they will be a part of that league as well. And there will also be North American uh, outside of the USA. There will be like Canadian Academy teams and Mexican Academy teams that will also be included in this league. Okay, so that's it's, very cool. yeah. So I think it's, for me, I think it's really good for the MLS itself. I think it will help the league. I think that it will help bring in better homegrowns. Mm-hmm. But 
I'm still up in the air of whether or not that's necessarily good for soccer. It's good for the professional leagues that's, you know, sponsoring this league, but I don't know if it's actually good for you soccer in general, like you kind of pointed out, Hayden. Yeah. 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 I think it just, it's going to come down to how it's run and what kind of goal they have in mind for it and everything like that. And just where the teams are, the programs are and stuff like that. It's just going to, it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on in the next couple months. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be extremely exclusive. There's going to be kids that stand out on their teams that aren't in that league and they're going to get pulled away from that team, you know, to be on whatever Academy team in the area and um, make that team maybe weaker. But, but then again, it's gonna put it's gonna put the best of the best together, um, which, for developing a pro, is probably the best thing. But like you said, you know, for other opportunities for kids to get better, it's gonna be very minimal. Yeah, yeah, very good of you to see both sides of the ball there. Yeah, so we're gonna jump into your college career. I've got a question about your college career? So when you hear like Wake Forest is such a well-known soccer program and stuff like that. I mean, you played with Ja'Cory Hayes, Ian Harks, Jack Harrison, Louis Ar- Louis Argudo. I was going through kind of the rosters that you mm-hmm. played with. You have a coach like Bobby at Wake Forest. What was it like playing in a program like Wake Forest where you're coached by Bobby day in, day out? You're the talent around you and just an established winning culture already there. Yeah, no, it's a – it's honestly a, like I can't describe it to be honest. It's it's when I think of Wake, I think of family, and and we really had that culture. And there was a lot of things there that I grew and and to be honest, I wanted to go pro straight from high school. I don't know if that would have been possible, but that's what I wanted to do. And I think me going to Wake Forest honestly made me a better pro in preparing me for all the things that went on there. Uh, everything was handled. So extremely professionally, um, I learned so much about the game and insight about from Bobby and I played for Jay Vidovich as well. Like I can't even count on my fingers how many professionals that I've played with. Um, it's 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 just indescribable. Uh, the the level and the standard that you're held accountable to is 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 unparalleled to anywhere else. I went on trials to USL teams and, and I was just like, what is going on? I thought it was like a pub team in comparison to my college career and and, and that's a pro team. So it's, it's wild, but I, I love it. And it, it definitely shaped me to be the man I am today and the, and the player I am today uh, is, a, is a special place, Wake. Yeah, you guys have, uh, I mean, that facility, I went to college at Guilford College in Greensboro. So just right down the street from, uh, mm-hmm. kind of Wake Forest area but so I ended up at a few games during that time um, that you were there actually because I was down there but I mean that stadium's beautiful the facilities down there are like top notch within the college game and then you have the crowd and the energy of that stadium every game time I mean the what's the student section called I, the congregation I think it is yeah, so there's Spry's Army, which is like the students, and then the congregation's actually a, like a supporter group of older guys, but I think they've merged with with the students, so it's just like one big group group now. Yeah, and they like sit right up there on the wall behind the goal, and like I remember a couple goals that I've seen, like you guys would kind of try to jump up there to celebrate with them, especially at like games you've won and stuff like that. That That was pretty crazy, actually. You don't see that much in the college game. Yeah, no, it was a crazy tradition. So to to describe it to listeners and stuff, the the wall actually is a big brick wall um, that is it's 
actually on the line of the end of campus. So, so before they made all the rules, I don't know about the drinking rules now, but everyone that sat on the hill above the wall on the outside of the stadium could drink beer. So we would, as a team, raise money <laughs> and crazy. provide kegs to the students, and they would bring their couches from their frat houses <laughs> and, like, pregame, and it just created a crazy environment. And if you have a game winner or, like, a crazy goal, the whole team is a tradition to jump on the wall and just get doused in beer and celebrate with the fans. <laughs> That's awesome. That's sweet. That's awesome. <laughs> That's, that is sweet. That's really cool. so we will go ahead and jump into your experience at sacramento republic so since mls expansion began we have seen teams succeed in their first year and teams do the absolute opposite of that most recently we've seen teams like fc cincinnati struggle in their first year in the mls Um, the year after fc cincinnati came into the league well the year that they came into the league the year before that they finished first and the USL Eastern Conference, and that was in 2018. Mm-hmm. So recently we've also seen big market expansion teams come in and dominate like Los Angeles FC and Atlanta. In some of our previous episodes, we have talked about factors that play into successful transitions in the MLS, and some of those are like an established fan base, a soccer-specific stadium, or plans to build one, and management that is willing and capable of recruiting key players to join their existing roster. With all of that being said, why do you think Sacramento Republic is ready for the jump to MLS in 2022? And how do you think they will do in their inaugural season? Yeah, no, I think, I think to be honest, I mean, there's definitely going to be growing pains, but I think they'll do fairly well. Um, I don't, I don't think that it's going to be a bust like the other team, the other teams that did poorly, you know, the Cincinnati's and I mean, even Minnesota, I don't think did very well their inaugural season, but um my time there, it was it was amazing. Uh, there, the staff. There's a lot of big turnover of staff while, over the course of my three seasons there. But the people that are in charge and the leadership roles there, they know what they're doing. And and the hiring of Mark Briggs now as the head coach. I met with a guy for coffee one time, and I was like, this this guy is top notch. He he knows what he wants. He um, cares so much about the culture of the team and uh, for the whole club. And that honestly is the most important thing, the culture. And that's why we were successful. Like at Wake Forest, for instance, I know it's college, but it's, it's everywhere, you know, culture for any club, if the culture is right, you're going to find success and you have to find players to, to fit and mold in that. Culture. So um, I think, I think they're in the right, they're in the right thing uh, with things. They're trying to get Academy players, homegrown who that I trained with even um, that are now on the first team and getting looks Um but Mark Briggs, he's a he's a phenomenal coach, and he knows what he's doing. And and the GM Todd Donovan, I mean, he's a Los Los Angeles or yeah, Los Angeles Galaxy. Uh, he played with Beckham, and and he went to Stanford, and they got a couple Stanford guys over there, and which is another great uh, college program. So I mean, they got a lot of things going over there, and and the guys in the leadership role, like I said, they know what they're doing. They're they're being very detail oriented and diligent in the way they execute things. So I'm sure. I'm sure they got a, a game plan and they're going to figure it out. Cool. Do um, I was doing a little bit of research, but I didn't really look into this. Do they have a soccer specific stadium at Sacramento? Specific stadium. Yes. And it's Papa Murphy's park, but it's owned by the city and it's a, it's a pop-up stadium. So that they, they, while I was there this past season, they got city approved and all this stuff for the new stadium to be uh, built downtown by the old rail yard. 
So um, I, I don't know when that's planned to be finished um, exactly. So I can't, can't quote me on that, but they have that in the works. Uh, and I'm pretty sure they've already broken ground on that for it to be built for MLS. Yeah, it looks like I actually got the stuff pulled up right now. It will be ready to go when they come in in 2022, and they're building a tw- or a $226 million stadium. Yep, yep. So I expect that thing to be beautiful. Yeah. But without the soccer-specific stadium um, in the USL Championship in 2019, they averaged over 11,000 fans, so that's pretty good for a USL Championship. Yeah, no, it was it was great. Cool. So – you know, you, you did your time. You said three years at Sacramento. Right. You're from Frisco. Mm-hmm. You know, Frisco is unfortunately, you know, it's it's still four and a half hours away from San Antonio. <laughs> yeah. But 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 what does it mean to you to be able to come back to play professional soccer in your home state for San Antonio FC? Yeah, it means a lot. Um, I haven't lived really for a long period of time back in Texas since I was 18 and I'm, I'm 25 now. So it's been a long time uh, between North Carolina and California. They're both opposite sides of the country and very far from Texas. So it meant a lot to me. And being here is just – its it reminds me of home, getting stung by mosquitoes, having to use off spray. Just It reminds me of everything that I come. <laughs> cool, man. Yeah, it's – you know, home is where the heart is. So For sure. And you're – it sounds like your heart is in Texas. I know I know a couple folks from Texas, one of them being Josh Camp. Shout out to Josh Camp for helping us get in, in touch with you, Hayden. Um, but, yeah, Josh Camp is a, a Texan yeah. uh, t- till he dies. Yeah, He'll sure. swear by it. So so I know that you uh, you all have great uh, pride in your state, and I'm, I'm happy you're back there, and I'm happy you're happy there. I appreciate it. So, so with you being at San Antonio FC – I've read a couple articles. What has the newly appointed head coach, Alan Marcina, done for the mentality and the culture of the club? He's he's completely revolutionized the club, I think, in a, in a culture aspect. I mentioned I mentioned that a lot now, but it means a lot. Uh, the guy knows exactly what he wants. It's black and white. It's apparent. They recruited players and that are just all leaders. Um, the standard is – it reminds me a lot of Wake Forest, but almost like on steroids. Uh, it, it, you go into training, you can just feel it. Like you have to bring it every single day. I, I couldn't tell you who our starting lineup is, simply because of the talent and the um, the grit and the want from every player. Everyone just wants it so bad. So it's it's crazy. It's a it's a hard thing to do. And and Allen doesn't really he he speaks. He speaks uh, very seldomly, but when he does, it's so poised and it's so like infectious. Uh, and he, he, it's it's crazy, man. In the short amount of time that I've been here, I couldn't be more happy. I'm I'm so happy to be here at this club and and be in the role that I am that they've called me to do. And uh, it's it's been really awesome. I think we're gonna have a very good season, and we play a very very uh, different style than any team I've ever been a part of and really have ever seen. So. Um, I'm happy to be a part of something unique and uh, just very uh, grab it by the horns kind of kind of way. Are you more of an attacking midfielder? I'm a, I'm a box to box. I'm a number eight. So basically, okay. I I'm given a free role to roam and help out wherever I see is best fit um, in the situation. So um, yeah, I mean I'm I can go from scoring goals, providing goals to blocking shots and goal line saves. So I'm I'm really kind of everywhere, but being a midfielder and the way we play it's a lot of 
it's a big role in organizing and communicating and, and leading other people instead of just yourself. Because if one, one, the way we play, if one, one uh, person is off, it, it can completely break down. Yeah, absolutely. And we shared Hayden's highlights on our, both our Facebook page and our, our Twitter page. And Hayden, just looking at your, your highlight type highlight tape from, I think it was 2018 at Sacramento. Uh, you look like a very smart and creative uh, number eight um, in the way that you attack and your shot is your shot's pretty killer man. <laughs> i appreciate it yeah of course uh it's a poop if you want to take us to the next one yeah all right so hayden ask you the next question what would be one of your lifelong soccer dreams you'd like to accomplish in your career or have you already accomplished them yeah i mean for me i'm i'm a super ambitious guy uh so i've definitely a- accomplished some goals but i think my my end goal playing wise is to play at the highest level for as long as I can. So I'm never going to put a tag on, oh, I need to play MLS or I only played USO, whatever it may be. I'll, I'll never be discouraged by that. But whatever it is, I want to play at the highest level for as long as I can. That's my goal, right? I mean, I've had I've had knee surgeries. I've in, had injuries. There's a lot of things that are out of your control. But for what I can control, that's that's my goal. Um, uh, on the on the hind side of that. I want to be a coach. I would love to be a professional coach. That's probably, it's going to be a longer career than playing. So I think I'm, I'm going to take everything in from living, living this dream, you know, and, and I've already got my, if I were to be hired as a coach, I already have a full workup packet of what I would do. And and I'm already planning that way and thinking about it that way. So those are probably my two main goals. Yeah. I mean, you're already taking it like towards the youth. Like you'll actually like, you want to train the youth already, so I mean, that's already looking looking up to towards you. So, but like you got you got a lot a lot ahead of you. That's that's for sure. Yeah, the way you're working on stuff. Yeah, I'm busy, so I'll I'll find something to do always. I've, I haven't been bored for one second since this quarantine started. That's surprising because I mean I'm pretty sure we've all been bored. So, <laughs> nah, not me. They still got me working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm essential, man. Yeah, <laughs> I might, I might, I might lose it on another in-house workout, but, but I mean, it's part of the job, so I'll continue to do it. But I can't say that there's too many, there's, there's not enough diversity there, and in, in what we can do. Yeah, you, you got to try to be creative. I've seen you doing some trick shots on your, uh, you've posted uh, on Twitter, but through your TikTok and stuff like that. So you know, you're getting creative with some of the content you're posting. Yeah, trying to. There's a lot of smart people out there doing their own thing. I got to try to find my own niche and do something a little different. Yeah, and your three posts, one one try. That was that was a pretty cool one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in all honesty, I didn't I didn't get it what I wanted, but I I couldn't get it. So, I put it out there in the world. I was like, "All right, I hit the crossbar, I hit the right post, and then I hit the crossbar." The goal is to hit the crossbar, the right post, and the left post. And then the left post, yeah. Yeah, but um I still have yet I've gotten I think three or four uh, submissions and they've only gotten two posts. So I'm still, I'm still the champ on that. I got to see someone. Can yeah, it. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll send Poopus out to try. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> all right, Poopus, hey. we'll see it, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. It, it ain't going to be pretty. Yeah, you. yeah. You don't want to see it. You can do it. You can hit a coconut. You're in Hawaii. So you got to use a coconut. Hey, I'll still try for you. I'll take video and see what I can do for you. All right. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, Dakota, you want to take us home? Yeah, so kind of our staple question that we've kind of decided to ask every person that we interview Mm -hmm. on the last question of the interview, just to kind of 
get something out there, but what advice would you give to the younger generation who like aspire to be playing in the USL or the MLS? Like what would be your biggest piece of advice to them? Yeah, I'd say my biggest piece of advice is work harder than anyone, you know, that's, that's the biggest piece of advice. Be patient, be humble and work harder than anyone, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that are very talented. Um, there's a lot, a lot of players that are more talented than me, um, but sometimes that can run out. If you can find someone that is talented and works their butt off, um, th- that's going to be the greatest player. And uh, I'd say you put in more hours than any everyone else. If you do that and you work on your craft and you and you find people that um, are going to surround you, that you surround yourself with, that are going to uh, lift the level and, and hold you accountable for a certain standard. I'd say that's the most important thing. Like find a good, uh, a good core um, friend group and team group, whether it be teammates or, you know, schoolmates and, and push yourself. Uh, but you have to work harder than everyone else. It's not going to come to you. That's for sure. Like you can't just think, Oh, I scored a hat trick and I'm in my league. Well, you got to think if you're, if you're playing in the league in Texas, like there's some kid in Colorado that's better than you that you've never even seen. So you have to be not only the best in your area, but you have to be better than other people that you haven't even seen. So um, that's that's very hard to do. So I, w- I would just always go back to work rate and grit. Grit is a big word, you know. Um, like one of my favorite athletes is Conor McGregor. And I, I can't say that I love his antics and all his stuff. I know that's all for show, but you, you can't knock the guy. He came from nothing and – and he he made an empire out of just working harder than anyone else. That's it. Simply just off of that. So that's my piece of advice. Yeah, and I love how you touched on working hard, which is something as a college coach we're always trying to tell our players. Like, And you touched on it perfectly. Like, We could be working as hard as we could here, but there could be somebody in another state or in another program as much as you don't want to admit it probably working harder or doing just as much right and then you touched on the whole patient thing like it's hard sometimes when you're working your butt off to try and get to where you want to go and you're working and working and nothing you kind of don't see things paying off but then that's where the patience comes in like you keep doing that be patient eventually something's going to happen just like your kind of story going back to your story and that's exactly how you can pretty much you can sum up part of your story and your story at all if you want to, but it's just like you kept working as hard as you could, no matter what obstacles or what was going on. And you stayed patient knowing or praying, hoping that something was coming and it eventually did. And you're taking off now playing for San Antonio and doing big things in the USL. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's there's, there's a lot of people that, are fantastic players that I've played. Like, I mean, I played with Jack Harrison. I mean, he's a phenomenal player and I'll, I'll never be at the talent level or see things that he did, but the guy also worked his, his tail off. And that's what, that's what separates him. He didn't just see things differently, but he's willing to put in the work off the field. So then when he went on the field, he made sure that he, it translated. So that's a big thing. Um, it work rate people. It's, it's such a thing that people were like, Oh, if you just work hard, like you're just a workhorse or you're a gritty person, like, I mean, skill and technique, all these things matter. But if you work hard, you can make those things better. You can create a bet. You can, if you work on your craft and work like Kobe Jones, man, that guy worked his butt off. He, he's not Kobe. He's not a 
Kobe Bryant. I say Kobe Jones. Kobe Bryant. He he didn't he didn't just become Kobe Bryant like out of thin air. It took time, right? He, you know how many buzzer beaters that guy missed, but how many? You don't look at that. You look at how many buzzer beaters that guy made, right? You just yeah. keep going. You're just ruthless and and relentless in the way you you chase after it. And you can make these other things your shot, your technique, your ability to read the game better by putting in the hours of work. Right. It adds up to something else and you see it differently. Yeah, that's exactly right. I would absolutely agree with you on that one. And I think something that's important when we're talking about work is <clears throat> working hard when nobody is when nobody's watching. You know, everybody can work hard in practice, but it's what you do outside of practice. It's what you do now that, you know, USL isn't going on. It's what you do in your off time to make yourself quicker, you know, make yourself have better ball control, you know, work on your shot like you did with the the Frank Lampard drill today. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, when nobody is watching you, what are you going to do to self-motivate yourself to get better? Yeah. So to talk about the whole work ethic thing, I think that's huge. Um, and, and to be humble is, is a huge thing as well. You may think that you are, you know, the, the best thing that's out there, but just to know that there's other people out there that are, are way better than you that you have to work even harder. That should, that should light the fire under your butt to, to do so. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And just like self-discipline, like you were saying that it just made me think you just have to be self-disciplined. Like there's one thing that I do and there can be a lot of people that, that do something similar, but I, I set a goal every day to do one, one thing that I absolutely don't want to do. And, and one of, and one of those things is, is what, is like taking an ice shower, like a freezing cold shower. And I hate doing it, but it's, it's like a, it's like a muscle, you know, um, it's the self-discipline you push, you're pushing yourself things that you don't want to do. It's a muscle. And if you keep pushing that, you can push yourself over an edge and then you, and then you've grown to something else. Right. And you push that, that comfort zone to be bigger. Um, so that's, that's, that's the way I think about things just in general in life. Yeah, it's, it's mental. And once you can convince yourself that you can do something, you're in. You can do it. Exactly. Cool. So you've talked about it a little bit. You've, talked, you've played with some good players. I do have one more question to ask you. Okay. Who's the best player you've ever played with or played against? The best player I ever played with or against? I mean, I'll say with first. Um, uh, and I, I definitely think – I mean, Jack Harrison is, is up there, but I played one season with him. I think Ian Harks was was a fantastic player. Um, he did things and saw things that I'm like, dude, what in the heck? How, how did you get out of that? Or how did you even see that? And he would just do it like so nonchalantly and just be like a goofball. And he was such a carefree, fun living guy and really cool. I mean, he, he would work he would work his butt off, too. But he would just do things that I was just like that. That was wild. So I'd say he's probably the, the best player that I've played with. Um, the best player that I've played against um, is definitely Carlos Vela. I mean, I played, mm. I played against Drugba. I played against. Um, oh man! I, I played. I played against. Just, just hold on. I'll back that up. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure <laughs> I explain that. I played against Sean Wright Phillips, um, but they were like in the latter end of their their careers. You know, we I played against Carlos Vela two seasons ago and our outside back actually like towards meniscus. And so I was actually playing out of position in the game and I was playing against Carlos Vela. And I, I don't even know how many times I fouled that guy just because I didn't want him to get by. <laughs> and I remember him like laughing and being like, Oh, and I was like saying, I was like, get up or something. And he was saying, Oh, it's not a foul. And I was like, I mean, it wasn't a foul, but the ref called it. So I guess it's a foul. And I remember saying that to him and it's like, 
I think about it, you see those guys on TV, like that guy is phenomenal. That guy is world-class. And um, I remember we played against Drugba and Charlotte Phillips at Phoenix Rising. And I mean, the only reason I don't say Drugba is because the same game, my goalkeeper on our, on Sac Republic saved Drugba's PK and a free kick that was going like top bins. So I was like, all right. I mean, when I played against Carlos Vela in this game, he just completely destroyed us. When we played – or when I put, yeah, when we played against Carlos Vela, he completely destroyed us. And when I played against Drogba, he, I mean, he couldn't even score on my goalkeeper. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, no, that guy is amazing, too. To see, to play against someone, I couldn't even, like, looking at Drogba and being like, wow, that's the guy that scored the, the winning PK to win the Champions League for Chelsea. Like, it was, like, breathtaking. I was like, I couldn't even, I, the first 10 minutes of the game, I was still, like, in awe. It's like, all right, I got to snap out of it. We're playing a game right now. Yeah, that's that's pretty surreal, man. That's that's really cool to be able to play, you know, not only with Ian Harks, but to be able to play against Carlos Vela and Didier Drogba. That's insane. Those that's that's great company to be within. Oh, for sure. And they're great. All great people. All, all, all those people that I mentioned are true professionals. Um, on and off the field. Absolutely. So, Hayden, I think that wraps up all the questions that we have for you. Do you have any questions for us? No, I mean, what, what's – yeah, I say one thing. What's y'all's, what's y'all's end goal with the podcast? So we actually talked about this a couple of days ago. We do a weekly, like, Periscope or live video of some sorts. Okay. Um, and I asked the same question to these two guys. And for me, it's to take this as far as we can take it. You know, we have a lot of production things that we have to, to you know, to figure out. This is only our seventh episode. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're using Apple headphones to use as microphones and what have you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're working out the kinks. We're working on, you know, the flow of things, editing. But we want to take this as far as we can take it. We want to be up there with, you know, podcasts that are sponsored by the MLS. Right. So we, we, want, to, we want to take this thing to the top. And, you know, we appreciate you coming on to, to give us some content on a time where there is no content. Yeah, no, of course. Could I, could I give any, any piece of advice? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah go absolutely. Ahead. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Honestly. All right. So the first thing I would say is – when you're setting goals and you're doing your weekly meeting, set, set measurable goals, right? So like for me, for instance, I'm, I'm, I aim to have at least 80% of positive passes, like forward passes, right? So set measurable goals, whether it's reaching out to 20 people a week, each of you, whatever it is to try to get a bigger audience. That's the first thing I'll say. And the second thing I would say is you mentioned like the equipment you have and whatnot. Don't, don't think about all the gadgets and all these other things. The content is the most important thing. And even if you have bad headphones or bad mics, if the content is good, people are going to listen and and stay true and know exactly what you want in that content and be very, very uh, picky about what you want in it and execute it that way rather than getting worked up about, oh, we need to have this, we need to have this. Uh, uh, champions make do with what they have and find ways to be successful. So I think if y'all do that, like I think y'all are already on the, on the track to do that, but that's the two cents that I could say um, going forward for y'all. I appreciate it, man. Big time. Honestly, that means a lot. Yeah. Hayden, we appreciate that. It's funny that you actually said that second part about uh, worrying about your content more than the, the quality last week. We, I decided to use headphones for the first time and they were, you know, they were wireless headphones and while we were doing the live broad, while we were doing our recording, we couldn't hear the background noise that was being picked up by my headphones, Mm -hmm. but we recorded some really good content on the first, 
on the first go about, but after we went back and listened to it, we were like, you know, the quality is just terrible. We need to re-record. So we re-recorded at like 1030 last Wednesday and we got halfway through it. And we were like, guys, we can't recreate what we just did this past episode. So episode six, there's a lot of background noise, but we couldn't ignore the quality of content that we put out there. So Hayden, I think that you really, you hit it spot on there. Um, and I think that you just, you know, backed up what we did last week. So yeah, we, we are very content driven and we'll, we'll work, work towards the uh, quality part later, but we really appreciate the advice. Yeah, no, of course. Y'all, y'all sound like you embrace the grind and that's, that's what's going to pay off in the end. Yeah, we, we appreciate it. So Hayden, once again, thank you for, you know, taking the time out of your Wednesday night and joining MLS Gone Wild episode seven. Once again, I want to shout out Josh Kemp for giving us this contact. Hayden, we appreciate it so much. Dakota and Poopus, you guys take it away. Yeah, Hayden, I pre- appreciate you just like giving your time out, just interviewing with us and just, you know, answering our questions and stuff. So it means a lot to us, especially having you on here. Yeah, of and course. I, I wish the best for you. Yeah, I wish the best for you, like going on and going on in your future. So I appreciate it again, man. Yeah, anytime. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Yeah, Hayden. I uh, just want to say thank you again, just like Poopus and Blake did. Um, it's always time consuming um, to do this. I know you could probably be doing anything else, but you took your time out to join us tonight. And we definitely, ever since uh, you texted Blake back about joining us, I mean, we've been really looking forward to this interview um, since then. So we've been excited about it. And it was just really good. I thought we had some good content we had some good discussion but i mean you're a great guy and we'll definitely be following along and if you ever end up in memphis playing 901 fc uh i'll definitely be there if i'm still down here and supporting you all right awesome i appreciate it that, that's that'd be cool you, there, one of my boys is down there his name's jackson morris he plays on the team so you can okay you can maybe link up with him or something too yeah that's awesome that would be good. That would be cool. Awesome. Cool. Well, Hayden, do you have any closing thoughts, man, before we, before we let you go? No, man. Th- thanks for the time. Thanks for having me. Um, uh, thanks for, you know, following everything in, in America soccer. That's a, that's a huge thing. There's not a lot of people doing that. And I appreciate that. Y'all have definitely love and passion for the game. So um, keep doing your thing. It'll pay off. And just, yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on here. Appreciate it, man. Big time, honestly. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you again, Hayden. Uh, last time we interviewed somebody, it was from Ford Madison FC, and we ended up buying a scarf. I've got a good feeling that we're probably going to end up buying a San Antonio FC scarf to hang up on our wall. Oh, yeah, uh, without a doubt. <laughs> Absolutely. Without a doubt. Awesome. Uh, so I'll go ahead and close this out. Once again, y'all, this is MLS Gone Wild, Episode 7, uh, with guest Hayden Partain from San Antonio FC. And we're going to go ahead and log out. Y'all have a great week.